Parshas Vayera, Equanimity. And Abraham arose early in the morning, Genesis 22.3. The outstanding event in this week's Torah reading is the Akita, the readiness of the patriarch Abraham to bring his beloved son Isaac a sacrificial offering because he understood this to be the will of God. In many of our prayers, we recall this absolute devotion of our ancestor to God and ask that we be blessed by virtue of his devotion. While no one detracts from the greatness of Abraham's devotion, some commentaries have noted that Jewish history is unfortunately replete with incidents of sacrifice and martyrdom. And whereas Abraham's trial was only a test and was not permitted to progress to completion, there were so many incidents of martyrdom that did go on to completion. The story of Hannah, who witnessed her seven sons killed because of their refusal to join in pagan worship, would seem to surpass even that of Abraham. Why, then, is so much attention given to the patriarch? One of the commentaries point out a tiny detail in the saga of the Akita that is often overlooked. And Abraham arose early in the morning. If he awoke then obviously he slept during the night. That is what distinguishes Abraham. Knowing that in the morning he was going to sacrifice his beloved son did not disturb his sleep. He faced this challenge with equanimity. Indeed, the uniqueness of Abraham was that what appears to us to be the ultimate challenge was to him no challenge at all. The Talmud states that a person is required to praise God for the bad things that happen to him just as for the good things. It further requires that this praise be with simcha. Rashi is careful to point out that in this case, simcha does not mean joy, but with a perfect heart, or in other words, with acceptance that whatever God does is just, even though it may be very distressing and appear to us to be most unjust. For most of us, who are at least somewhat interested in gratifying our physical and emotional needs, equanimity is not easily achieved. We welcome pleasant things and we are upset when our wishes are denied or frustrated. Personal losses, whether they are of close relationships or material assets, cause us to be depressed. Physical pain causes us suffering. We may think it beyond possibility for a person to have the same reaction toward adversity as he does when his fondest wishes are fulfilled. But this is because we have ourselves as reference points, and we judge things according to how pleasant or unpleasant they are to us. If our only desire would be to fulfill the will of God, then how things affect us would be irrelevant. That which fulfills the will of God becomes desirable, and that which does not is undesirable. How things affect us personally does not enter into the equation. For Abraham, there was only one reason for existence, to do the will of God. If it was the will of God for him to have a son, so be it. If it was the will of God that he not have a son, so be it. For us, the knowledge that when we arise in the morning we will have to put on tefillin does not disturb our sleep. To Abraham, fulfilling the divine will by offering his son as a sacrifice was of the same character and magnitude. 
What does this say to us? Are we expected to achieve a self-effectment as complete as that of Abraham? Hardly. The Talmud does indeed state that a person should aspire that his actions reach those of his ancestors, but to reach does not mean to equal. Yet while we may not be able to achieve their greatness, there should at least be some point of contact between our ancestors and ourselves. Our lives tend to be turbulent. We are subject to extremes of emotion. We may be exuberant over our success and overwhelmed with despair when we suffer reversals. To whatever degree we can achieve self-effacement and replace our own will with the will of God, to that degree we can achieve equanimity, a more serene and tranquil attitude towards life, which at once gives us the courage to achieve while allowing us to accept those things we cannot change.